It's November 12th, 2015, and you're listening to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. To never be heard and seen for again, 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 again. Hello and welcome to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I am your host, Chris Quinn, coming to you once again from the Co-Prosperity Sphere here in Bridgeport, Chicago. Thanks, as always, to Lumpin' Radio and its fearless leader, Logan Bay, for sitting behind the, I don't know, what's the producer version of the ones and twos? I don't know. Here, the wheels of steel. Yeah, these little knobbies sitting behind the knobs. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't mean that just because he's sitting directly on the opposite my two guests, but maybe. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, the goal of the show is to open up a window into how the people making, selling, marketing, and facilitating the beer, getting into your glass, feel about the topics that are a part of their everyday lives. Many of my greatest beer, beer experiences have been talking about beer while sharing beers with people whose opinions I respect and admire, and it's these experiences I'd hope to capture with the Insider's Roundtable. That said, I do always like to say that the opinions expressed by the people, the guests on this show, are their opinions only. Don't necessarily mean that it represents their breweries, whether they are the owners of the brewery or not. Maybe it does. Maybe people are shaking their head adamantly, yes. But maybe (laughs) not. You don't know. So that's my disclaimer. Uh, Very quickly before I get into... This uh, introducing my guests today. Um, something happened to me today that I, I wanted to talk about, and I never had like kind of an opening monologue, but I thought it would kind of be cool because it, it made me kind of think about this little statement I say, you know, about some of my greatest beer experiences. And I had an awesome beer experience that didn't directly even involve me drinking beer today, but uh, I had a uh, a good friend slash customer slash just all around good guy. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't name him anyway. Uh, I don't know if he wants to be named or not. Uh, we were at off color brewing today. We were doing just a little kind of informal tour of the place and, uh, meeting, um, the owners there. Um, uh, Dave Bleitner, who's been on the show and, and John Laffler and, uh, the, the, uh, the guy brought just a, a, a bottle just that he thought would be cool for all of us to try. And uh, he opened it up and uh, or brought, brought it out. And it was this crazy, um, it looked like a liqueur. It was all in like Russian writing. And he's like, well, there's a story behind this. And he's like, my dad was a, uh, a nuclear engineer or a nuclear physicist, one of the two. And uh, he said, uh, you know, he was he was working at the time of Chernobyl in the in the eighties, uh, you know, the big meltdown in uh, Soviet Russia, Soviet at the time, and uh, he said he went over there and kind of went to help, just in a kind of humanitarian kind of effort. You know, they needed the help. He had the experience, and he went over there and helped them. And um, he didn't take any money. You know, he didn't 
want to any sort of payment, but the uh, I think he said that in some form or another, the government gave him a whole bunch of like thank you booze. I think <laughs> so. This was one of the bottles, and it had been you know from the eighties given to him by I don't know some sort of Soviet scientist or government official. Um, there were some jokes about it being poisoned, <laughs> uh, but we opened it up and it was some sort of like crazy brandy or something like that. It was really sherried as well. It definitely had some oxidation, um, crazy kind of like plastic cork and cap and just very Soviet looking, even in, in kind of like the, the packaging and the, and the colored. Yeah, right. It red. was yeah, it was white, red and gold. Yeah. Bottle was made out of iron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so we were all sitting around drinking this thing that had some awesome story and that was just brought because he thought that we would think it was cool and and would think it would be a really good story and it got us just talking about, you know, that bottle in general and I just thought about how cool it was for whoever gave that bottle to this guy's father at the time. You know, would he have ever imagined that that guy's son would have brought it to a brewery and those guys would have been talking about it, you know, 35 years later? And I just thought that was so cool how, um, you know, there are a few things that actually get kind of consumed and enjoyed that way and can last that amount of time and kind of be handed down. Um, So I thought that was really cool. And I thought that's, to me, really what beer or Soviet brandy or, or whatever it is, <laughs> is all about. It's about, you know, the experience of sharing it with friends. So I, I wanted to share it with, uh, with everybody. I thought it was such a cool gesture and a really kind of cool time. And the, remain, the remains of the bottle are still at off color. So if you ever want to try it, you know those guys, you can pop over and ask for the Soviet cognac or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not cognac, but Soviet brandy or whatever it is. So yeah. So there's my little insider's tip. Insider's tip of the week. Go knock up <laughs> on uh, off color and ask for the Soviet brandy. The Soviet brandy. Tell them Chris <laughs> sent you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, moving on to uh, the introductions of my guest guests. Um, first on uh, my far left is Chris Betts, the uh, owner, founder, and everythinger at Transient Artisan Ales. And uh, are you wearing both a Transient T-shirt and a Transient hoodie? No, just oh. a t-shirt. Oh, okay. okay. It's very bland. Okay, yeah. Um, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, making making it all the way down from uh, from Michigan, right? You moved yes. since we, yeah. you were last on, right? When was I last? Um, I might have been out there at that point. I've been out there for about two and a half months. Okay, I mean, maybe right just around, moving. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's new? What have you been up to um, in the last two and a half months? <laughs> It was certainly before you announced that you were yeah. doing it um, there, right? Yeah, so, oh, maybe well, no, I, I think I mentioned it when I yeah, was... That's true. Uh, yeah, we just, we've been working really hard, and uh, actually today was the first day that uh, we had an employee, or, or we hired somebody to do some work. Uh, the electrician started uh, his part today. And, ah. uh, some would call that a contractor, but you can yeah. call it an employee. Well, I mean, he's an employee. Whatever. While yeah. he's there. I mean, a- until now, it's been me, and then on weekends, once in a while, my dad. But, yeah, we're, we're finally paying somebody to do it. They're not uh, kind of just coming out to help. So One step closer to your final goal of just sitting yeah. and paying other people to do everything for That's you. That's all I want in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one step closer. Yeah. One important step. You. Here's money. Go do that for me. 
That, yeah. that, from here on out, that's all I do. <laughs> yeah, that's the only statement you'll make. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, and how are things, I mean, other than being able to pay other people to do your work for you, what... Uh, hey, I haven't paid them yet. Yeah. I, mean, I, I hired him to do the work, but... Okay. Well, that's awesome. You, you don't, do you have any sort of, of tentative schedule? You don't need to say a date, but like 2016 sometime? Um, I'm thinking, uh, I think we'll be operational by the end of the year and opening the tap room by early spring, uh, late winter. Okay. Starting out pretty limited whenever that happens, uh, but we want to wait a little bit to get the tap lines filled. We don't want to open up with a one or two beers. Right, and then have them go. Yeah. Like blow and then. Yeah, All right, and then guys. Like, sorry, uh, See we'll, you in two uh, weeks. we'll open up in a little while. Yeah. yeah. See you in a year. It's uh, this is wild for a minute stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be longer. And then you're you're definitely looking more grizzly since you were on last. Yeah. And from what you were saying before you came on, uh, or we went on air. You're not shaving until you're you are brewing beer. Yeah, man. selling beer or brewing beer. Brewing beer. Okay. I, yeah, my girlfriend would not put up with me until I sell the beer. <laughs> that would be uh, beyond what I'm allowed. But yeah, until I'm producing beer, kind of the 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 playoff beard kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got that. <laughs> and the the home stretch, I hope so. Okay. Um, well, and that's nice because now it's it's completely even. We've got half bearded folk. And, and half clean-shaven folk. That's my segue. Isn't that a slick segue? That and is, speaking of clean-shaven, yeah, Mr. Gary Gully, owner and everything guy at, you get a beard. at Alarmist. Yeah, <laughs> I look, I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that implies you look great without a beard, or yeah, just less terrible. Less terrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but Chris, I, I think you're gonna. That's going to catch on. Now brewers are going to start wearing beards. Now, <laughs> After me, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm blazing a trail here. You think uh, you're starting something? Yeah. I'm so sick of seeing clean-shaven, non-tattooed yeah. brewers. So it's you know it's gone on too long. We need we need to <laughs> shake up the system. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's subvert this thing, man. Yeah. You know, can't we can't all look like you know proper businessmen? We have to right. look a little grizzled. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll start that. And I'll I'm I'll with be the you. First, <laughs> I'm, I'll be. <laughs> I'm next. This is the last day I'm clean shaven and wearing a button down you know, collared shirt and loafers. You're not ever. gonna shave until I start producing beer? Uh mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna shave until you start producing pre- beer. Solidarity. I I like that. I may wax. <laughs> um well. and, or, or nair. I mean nair. <laughs> um Gary? Yes. What's new with you, dude? Oh well, we've got a lot of irons in the fire. We uh, and I'm, you're paying someone. You pay people to do yeah. Your work for uh, you, Aaron, right? Aaron is my yeah. only employee. In fact, his his actual business card says employee of the month every month. That's actually <laughs> what it says. So we thought that was funny. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's us, and uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. So trying to get my tap room up and running, um, which. Uh, we will be going into permit hopefully any day now and then go through that process and then also it's the fun. liquor license. And yeah, I've already been through it once just with the brewery. So, <laughs> but I'm sure the fine, fine people to say Chicago will do everything they can to help us out. They work so. quick. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know yeah. what? Uh, I've had good and bad experiences with the, the city, but I've had some good ones, too. I've had some people who generally, genuinely seem to care. There are actually quite a few of those yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they, they get a bad rap, but if you're 
cool and understanding, they generally, I think, respond in, in kind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's my little plug for the city of Chicago right there. <laughs> um, cool. Well, let's uh, moving right along. Um, we only have two guests today. This is going to be a small, intimate group, but I think we have a good group of people to do it with because, you know, we can just bro out a little bit and just, you know, yeah. talk, real talk, you know? I've never used bro as a verb, yeah. so I'm really excited to try that out. Oh, oh yeah, you should. Yeah. I want you to, several times through the course of the show. <laughs> I want you to bro. Ex- yeah, yeah, I want you to bro. Start broing more. <laughs> you're not broing. Yeah. I see you like elbowing. I feel oh, like Gary. you're not broing enough. <laughs> yeah. So. That, that's, that's what's going to be on the break. I'll slam Your heart's down. not in the broing. I'll yeah. slam down my headphones and be like, Thought what we had was an agreement that? here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm hog. I don't want to hog this. You know what? I got some. Oh. Yeah. Bros like to share yeah. beer. So yeah. let's talk about beers that we're, we like and that we're uh, excited about or think is, is worthy of kind of telling others about. Mr. Betts, why don't you go first? Yeah. I, well, um, I recently had the pleasure of trying a beer from uh, a new brewery in. Uh, in Denmark, called Ale Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they came out to do a collaboration with 18th Street, and they brought a couple bottles, and they had a, a Britannomyces Saison that's blended with a sour called Funk Orchard, and it was absolutely everything that a beer should be. It was incredible. Really, can't stop thinking about that beer. So, um, so which beer was this again? It's called uh, Funk Orchard. Okay. okay, Funk Orchard by who? Ale Farm. Ale farm. Okay. I'm not just sewing, writing this down for the show notes, I promise. That's the, <laughs> not the only reason I need you to convince it. them to start sending beer this way. They've cool. recently hooked up with McKellar, I believe, so they may eventually. They're just starting up. They're pretty young, so. Okay. It might take some time. But it was awesome. So they're, they're hitting the ground running? Oh, it's fantastic. Really? One of the best beers I've had all year. Really? Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing you've had a. A lot of I've that a type of, but of yeah. that, especially that type. I mean, that's kind of what you it's specialize like in. What I make, yeah, and it was still very, you know, impressive. Nice, yeah, very cool. How about you, Gary? Um, I'm not nearly as exciting as that. Uh, <laughs> although I did, really, I was just thinking uh, at uh, Madison this year at the Great Taste. You, I think, like at the end of the day, I finally stopped by your. I don't know if I saw you there or not, but it took so long. You had two, <laughs> whatever, two different beers you had, and. They were like my favorite beers of the whole day. Like, <laughs> I mean, by far. I don't know which ones they were, but nice. I think I you like, had Dumb. Ardent or Apricot Ardent, one of those. Yeah. Could be. I had some, yeah. Somebody else at that event was uh, telling me how much they love that Ardent. It's a, it's a pretty good beer. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he sits yeah. with a smirk. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I've been, we just came out with a stout, and uh, so I've been tasting stouts and sort of, I do... You know, I actually, I literally, well, uh, was it last night, last night I had a, a bottle of Velvet Merlin and, uh, and it's we, and ours is no oatmeal stout. <clears throat> and I literally did a blindfold around my, my, my wife has this really tasteful pink scarf and I wrapped it around my eyes mm-hmm. and, um, uh, because I could tell which beer was mine just by the color of the foam. So I had to, uh, you know, sure, sure, completely and, blind, uh, true blind. Yeah, and I knew I could t- uh, there'd be a difference in flavor, but I wanted to kind of get an idea of Roma and everything. So it was an interesting, uh, interesting uh, compare and contrast. I mean, totally different beers, obviously, and 
But it's good. So I'm in a big stout thing right now. Did you like the Velvet Merlin? I that's one of my favorite beers. Okay. I mean, I've had that beer a million times. So, but um, they they're they're a young company, but they're doing some good stuff. I think that Firestone Walker. Yeah. yeah. They're, well, they're no alarmist, but yeah. I'll tell you, he's there. They got this guy <laughs> they're there, along. Matt Brindle, Brindelson or yeah. something. Yeah, he's exactly. gonna. You watch out for that guy. He's yeah. gonna be something. Up he's gonna comer. go places. Real yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, no, I haven't really. Uh, Nothing new or particularly exciting. I just really been I've been drinking a lot of our beer, which I don't always do. But I we're kind of really trying to hone in recipes and processes, so we're being like crazy critical right now, trying to mm-hmm. pick out what we don't like, and mm-hmm. which we spent a lot of time doing that. So okay, yeah. Um, for me, uh, what beer and what 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 do I want to uh, talk about? I have to do this every darn week, and some sometimes it just comes right to me and. And other times, uh, I'm, I'm not as sure. So, um, I'll think of something that I've had. Oh, so uh, the other day, here, well, here's kind of a, a funny one. There's this uh, Oscar Blues uh, coconut beer. Have you guys heard about this? Nope. Okay. It, it's called, uh, and I'll tell you in a second, as I, I think it's like Death by Coconut. Yeah, Death by Coconut. Exactly. Um People were telling me that it's you know pretty good and it looked kind of interesting, so I, I set a four pack aside and then I got a last minute Friday night call from a uh, like a, a business. I, I delivered to businesses and uh, long story short, I, I couldn't make anybody else do it, so I I had to do it myself and um, uh, I left the four pack there at the store. And one of the guys at the store just, like, sold, uh, sold it to somebody else. I mean, I was like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't upset. I was like, we'll get more. Of course, no, no more came in, which is always how it goes. I'm sure everyone out there can relate to that, wanting the beer and having it gone. And then as soon as I came in the next day and it was gone, like, six, seven people all came in who have had it. And were like, that is the best beer I've had in the past three, four months. It's amazing. It's the best coconut beer I've ever had. So... That's the beer I want to plug. If you see it on the shelf, pick it up and let me know how it is. And hey, and if you know me, maybe drop a can off so I can try it. Or let me know when it's on tap so I can get it. So my, uh, my, my beer is also uh, very selfish in that I want you to give me one of them. So uh, Death by Coconut, Oscar Blues. Also the first time I've ever... Uh, <laughs> my beer was one I haven't had. But... <laughs> but uh, you just start doing that every First time week. for everything. Yeah. yeah like... This beer that I've been really wanting to try, you know, everybody listening. Yeah. If you want to give me one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go by the uh, Beer Advocate top beers yeah. and just start going down. I hope you like Imperial Stouts. I love, IPAs. yeah. <laughs> beer of the week for me is Pliny the Younger, and yeah. I love that beer. Haven't had it. Someone bring it, please. Funny. I mean, I just mentioned that because <laughs> it's a super, yeah, you know, hard to get beer, and I had a chance to have that years ago, probably like. I don't know, six, seven years ago in, in Philadelphia, they were doing a tapping of it. And I was going to go there and try. And it wasn't crazy. It probably would have been a crowded bar scenario, but nothing like hours long lines like you get nowadays. And uh, I was you know, kind of hemming and hawing. Do I really want to drive all the way over to this bar that's in this far out part of town and stuff? And I was like, ah, whatever. I'll have another chance to try it. And then like the next year, it absolutely kind of like detonated in popularity and uh, I was like, well, never going to get to try that beer ever. So kind of similar to, uh, to that. So that said, if anyone has Pliny the Younger, 
uh, send me. <laughs> well, it's keg only, so send me the keg. Yeah. Send me a keg of it, please. That's the only fair a, way to do it. Why don't you start a Kickstarter campaign for all the beers that you want and don't have? It's a great idea. Yeah, I got a few. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving right along to our, our first topic of the day uh, is something that I've seen. Whoa, I'm kicking things. Uh, I saw online a while ago. It was a T-shirt that I saw called um, Death to Kettle Sour Beers or Death to Kettle. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. And then I saw an article um, in the Denver Post the other day that was talking about how this kind of movement is picking up steam. So I figured with, uh, certainly with you, Betts. Here, I figured that would be a good way to, to start jump off. And Gary, have you ever done any uh, sour beers? Yeah, I've never done kettle souring. Okay, um, so I, <clears throat> I, I don't really, I don't really consider it. I mean, seems whatever. Like, it seems like just bigger things to worry about in yeah. anything, including craft beer. But I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so, it's my what, so uh, the deal is what your uh, opinion is Chris. Yeah, so the, I guess the deal is that there's this this guy who started it uh, has a brewery called Former Future Brewing Co. and um, oh, and the Black Project Sponta- Spontaneous and Wild Ales. I almost and, wore their shirt today. Did you really? I, I was wearing it earlier today. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he he has that shirt, Death to Kettle Sours, and and stuff like that. And, um, it, it was funny because like he was, I thought he was going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just saying I want people to know that there's a difference, but he was pretty much all but saying no death to kettle sour, all but saying, yeah. I mean, he wasn't literally saying that. And then they had, uh, Chad, uh, Jacobson quoted as well, which kind of, I mean, he's kind of a big name in, in souring, uh, and wild ales and, and, um, yeah, just, uh, they were really kind of saying that. Um, what the the aged oak aged sour beers and the um, uh, traditional sours and um, were I don't know I, I it was it was interesting but they were very much pretty anti kettle sour so I wanted to see where where you why because you do both right yeah yeah Chris yeah I do uh, a Berliner Weiss and a Goza that are kettle soured uh, the rest of my beers are naturally could you just well, do both a natural real- but a real quick, since you do both, synopsis of what the differences are and maybe what some of the advantages of one or the other would be. Yeah. Um, so uh, a regular sour beer, uh, either spontaneous or inoculated, um, you're taking a regular uh, wort after the boil kettle and you're inoculating it or you're leaving it out to collect yeast and bacteria. So um, these tend to take quite a bit of time, uh, bacteria, bacteria, uh, doesn't work well with hops. It doesn't work well with a lot of things. So it, it can take a bit more time in the presence of hops and and alcohol. Um, when you do a kettle sour, you are mashing your beer, and then you're bringing it over to the boil kettle. And you can either pasteurize it by bringing it up to temperature, or you can uh, bring it down to the range that bacteria like to live, which is right around up ninety to one hundred and fifteen degrees. Uh, at that point, you add a pure culture of uh, lactobacillus, which is the main souring agent in most beers. There's other souring agents, but that's the mm-hmm. one most used. Uh, at that point, it can it can sour very fast at that temperature with nothing else competing with it. There's no yeast uh, there because it's pasteurized. It, well, if you pasteurize it, and it'll produce a very clean 
acidity so long as you you know take the precautions of purging it of air that can hurt it and make some bad flavors make it really bad yeah make it taste like vomit or which isn't a good thing no and which is i think some of the reason behind this sentiment you yeah. know that people are doing it bad and when it's when you kettle sour when it's bad, bad it's really it's bad. bad but you know when a regular sour beer is bad it can be just as bad mhm and that's I, I i definitely don't want death to kettle sour beers because uh it's a lot easier for new breweries to do those you can turn them over faster they can learn learn from them faster than a regular sour beer that takes 6 months to 3 years to produce and then your learning curve is pretty extended and uh i've tasted a lot more bad traditionally soured or accidentally soured beers than kettle soured beers mm-hmm. to be honest okay um there are a lot of practices in place that with kettle souring you can take out some of the the unknowns and the things that happen by chance with regular soured beer and it seems like probably because what you're saying uh, that you can brew these so much more quickly. Yeah, I've seen just from from my standpoint, uh, the learning curve has yeah. it just seems to be so steep. Um, there used to be some really nasty, butyric, dirty sock uh, kettle sour beers, and that really those, those I didn't make it out to market. And, and I don't see that happening very often anymore. And if I do see it happening now, I'm like, whoa! Like, where have you been, man? Like, yeah. this isn't three or four years ago. I mean, it was never acceptable, but I think people just, I mean, people hadn't tried it enough. There wasn't enough, I think, um, dissemination of, of information about how to do it right. And people were still experimenting and learning. Yeah. Um, when I was at uh, the Craft Brewers Conference at, uh, in Portland this past year, I went to a talk on, on kettle souring. I was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sitting like one row in front of you or something. And uh, the Creepy. guy from yeah, uh, Breakside was mm. uh, talking. You had the Breakside hat on, mm-hmm. I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so did he tell you what to talk about in this uh, segment? No. I, Gary? I, uh, Is that why? I, I just have the hat. Here's a I, hat. I drank at the brewery. And payment. And I yeah. didn't. Yeah, I don't know. It. Okay. It would have been more cool if he said, <laughs> yeah, my payment was a hat. I could be bought for a trucker can, hat. Can I ask a few, uh, a little more detail on the yeah. kettle souring? Now, I know I've, I've brewed some... Not not uh, at the brewery, but you know, as a home brewer, I brewed you know some uh, Berliner Weiss and stuff. Got actually did pretty well with it in a in a competition. Uh, but I, we, me and some guys that were at the Hops Homebrew Club over mm-hmm. here, uh, not too far from here, we we all tried different methods of uh, of doing the souring. Um, when you do the kettle sour, I know in uh, in some of the homebrew, some of the home brewers would throw in grain. To get the sour, you know, there's lactobacillus living yeah. on the grain, but it would also you would create those really nasty butyric and and mercaptan or whatever, all these horrible flavors. But then they would dissipate apparently, and that was a, a way to inoculate it with lactobacillus that people yeah. want to try. But is it if you're actually doing it on a on a commercial scale, you're literally in the kettle, you're throwing lacto in there, and are you leaving it in the kettle for it can, for a while for a yeah. couple days? Well, or, it can or, it can go from the the fastest I've had it would be about eighteen hours to oh, get okay. down to the sourness that I'd like. Oh, that's that um, fast! Wow, I didn't realize it was that fast. As much as four days I've seen, and sometimes you so know, it's it, tying up your kettle that whole yeah. time. Okay. So it's um, it depends on how healthy your lactobacillus pitch is. Mm-hmm. I've done it from grain before commercially, and 
you get really inconsistent results. Mm. Um, and the flavor is normally pretty consistent, but the time, it just is dependent on how much lactobacillus is present on the grain. Right. And that can vary from batch to batch or yeah. how and it could be a different strain of lactobacillus yeah. too. And you're, so. you're getting more than just a single strain. You're getting all sorts of lactobacillus, maybe dozens or hundreds. There are a lot of strains of lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. If you go read like a probiotic, uh, like probiotic caps or kefir, mm-hmm. it'll list out like 20 and then it'll say, and more because right. there are just so many strains of uh, lactic acid bacteria. It's funny you should mention that because at the talk that you and I both attended, um, uh, the guy from, from Breakside as well as um, uh, another guy from Gigantic mm-hmm. uh, were talking about how they pitched uh, yogurt to yeah. get their lacto. I have a friend who did that. And yeah, and they said it worked pretty well. well. Uh, I went and talked to some other people uh, about it, some other brewers who do a lot of um, lacto-soured beers, and they said, you know, that's good if you're doing like a collab or a one-off or something like that. But again, kind of consistency is very difficult because who knows how long that yogurt's been sitting on the shelf, yeah. how mm-hmm. viable the bacteria is. But these... Yeah. Uh, some of the bigger yogurt producers are, you know, just as, uh, you know, specific about their strains as brewers because they want the same flavor in their yogurt. Right. So if you're consistent in your process, you should have a pretty uh, similar product from batch to batch. Mm-hmm. Even more, I I just did it for the first time uh, recently with 350 Brewing. We made a a kettle soured pale ale, which is another thing you can do with. Uh, kettle souring that you can't do with a traditional sour. You can make a hoppy beer that's hopped after it's soured mm-hmm. because if you normally do a regular uh, hoppy beer, yeah, yeah. you can't sour it. Or if you did, by the time it does sour, when those hops age out and right and uh, you don't have any hop flavor left, then it starts souring. You're not going to have... Hmm. It's going to be a completely different beer. So sure. kettle souring allows you to do things that regular souring can't. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was funny. I mean, um, going back to... to some of the sentiments um, that are being said, it was just how, uh, and from guys who are making some amazing aged sours, as they're calling it, um, but they were just saying that it's, uh, you know, uh, some, it kind of lacked artistry well, and, and stuff like that, which I don't know. I think there's just different ways. It lacks the complexity of an aged sour, for sure. I mean, there are few beers that have the complexity of an aged sour, well, but in terms of artistry, I mean, dry hopping it. I mean, yeah. there's another way to add kind of, you know, an artist's touch, if I, you will. You know, I can't, you know, definitely speak for these brewers that don't want people to kettle sour, but I think I have an idea of why they don't want people to sour that way is because you can produce it faster and you can offer a cheaper product. And cheaper, yeah. Um, and that's going to compete against them. It's not that the quality is worse because the quality is just as bad in general across sour beers from all the new producers that are still learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. And making mistake after mistake, uh, I think they just don't like that. You know, you can go see a four pack of cans for you know, eight to ten dollars. I can from- certainly see where there would be some uh, like trepidation or, or I don't want to say fear, but you know, it it it's fear of an uneducated sour drinking consumer base who, uh, just like uh, Ray Daniels was saying a couple weeks ago, you know, like. The death of craft beer uh, has begun when people just come in and say, give me an IPA. You know, all IPAs are the same. I just want an IPA. And if someone's saying, like, just give me a sour. And people do more of that. 
than they do with IPA because people are more educated about IPAs right now. Um, But if we kind of explain the difference between the two types, um, I think, you know, there's certainly a place for, for both of them. It's nice to have a six pack of a of a nice yeah. Berliner Weiss, which it, is the traditional it, style yeah, in a sum in the summertime, and it's traditional to sour that before fermentation. But I think the the biggest thing is that kettle souring is allowing these beers to be cheaper, and that means more people get to try them, or more people are willing to you know throw down ten dollars on a four pack rather than twenty dollars on a single bottle. Sure, uh, I don't know who would sell a bottle for that much, but <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it, it's definitely bringing people in that wouldn't otherwise, you know, throw out the money for something that they've never had anything even similar to. Right. So you're you're getting people trying Berliner Weiss, and they don't have to, you know, lay down a lot of money. And if they don't like it, that's fine. But if they do like it, that might be a new customer for me down the road. Right. I mean, it's like Belgian Lambic isn't necessarily the best gateway. No, into it, it, it sour. Has a lot of flavors that are new to people. Sour flavors, everybody's had it. Almost everybody. Lemonade, just yeah. it, uh, there's acidity everywhere, and it's a flavor that a lot of people love, whether they've had it in beer or not. Mm-hmm. So allowing people to buy a four pack or a six pack of a Berliner Weiss gets them interested with a flavor they know, and then they can move on to something that's you know sour and funky, mm-hmm. something like a a goose or a lambic. Mm-hmm. Cool. You are what's up? I actually have a. <laughs> that's reminding me of a story. I. Uh, the first beer festival I did as alarmist was over a year ago. I was at a local Catholic church up by me, and I had I I brewed some small batches at the brewery, and uh, I forget one of them was probably a pantsless prototype. I don't know, but one of them was a uh, I don't know why I did this, but I, a friend of mine we, we brewed this uh, hell I don't even know what the hell the beer was I don't even remember what the underlying beer was quite frankly, and we put it in a I think a journeyman uh, whiskey barrel, and I'd completely forgotten about it and. About that time of the festival, friends said, hey, you know, I still got this beer. It tastes terrible. It's really soured, you know, because we didn't inoculate it or anything. We just wanted to pick up some flavor from mm-hmm. the barrel. <clears throat> so I said, well, let's go ahead and keg it and I'll try it. So I tried it, and it was it was really sour, but it had every – it was a textbook of everything that could go wrong in a beer. <laughs> I mean, it had every off flavor. I can't remember. You know, I went to Brewing School. I don't remember all these, but I know the, the one that makes cheese, like a cheese yeah. flavor. Yeah. I'd never really even had that except in, in tasting panels with pure chemical. This was a right. beer that. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take this. Uh, I, I realize it's a huge risk, but I just wanted to see what people, just wanted to kind of get feedback on, you know, just want to see what people do. And I'm telling you, people love that beer. <laughs> and they kept coming back and back and back because it was sour. And I'm not, I shit you not. And right. And I'm not making fun of them, or anything. I'm just saying I just thought thought it was really. But they're all idiots. <laughs> but it was just like so. I'm that, not making fun of these idiots. I'm yeah. just saying that the, the flavor of sour was just so. That's all they cared about, and the fact that you could you know taste God knows what in there. Maybe didn't that's matter. what's happened with me. People, there's all yeah. sorts of terrible flavors, but everybody just wants a sour. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're people lining up and waiting for a year to get into the this. This guy's home. Maybe yeah. it was a short thing, you know. Ooh. You don't know. Yeah, yeah it was. Ooh, it was bad. Oh. I mean, it was really bad. But it was interesting, nonetheless. Uh-huh, well, to the, see. Well, I was going to say the other thing about kettle sours that people may not like. A lot of the judging now is is kind of straying away from Britannomyces character in sour beers. I was docked for having Brett flavor in my American Wild Ale. 
Wait, what? Yeah, what? Most, just... most of the people that win that Where? category it, at GABF. What? They said that that's not typical for style. That uh, you know, it, for an American wild ale. Yeah, or American sour. Those, oh God, beer competitions drive. Well, maybe nuts. American. I've never heard of American sour versus American wild ale, but I think whatever. It's one way or another, they they docked me points for having a Brett character. They, and most of the people that won have very clean, lactic, sour beers. Even the ones that have Brett, it's used not to make it more like funky. It's used to make it fruity. Right. Mm. And that's uh, the Rare Barrel, which makes right. incredible beers. Yeah. They don't have really funky beers. They just have right. some really excellent like sour beers. like pineapple tropical yeah. ones. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's because mm, I, I, I wonder if they've kind of divided up the American sour category because the American sour style was kind of built on Britannomyces. Well, they, they added they added new categories, right. including like Brett beer and American Brett beer. So I think they're just saying if it has Brett character, it has to go there. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna you're gonna be it's not apples to apples. If you have a beer that's Brett and a beer that's Brett and Lacto and Pedio, uh it they're completely different. So Brett character, fruitiness is Brett character. Yeah, but... But it doesn't have the proper type of Brett character for this yeah, there's, category. there's more you know, difference in Brett character than there is in any other type of yeast. So you're going to get a lot of different flavors, and where are you going to draw the line of what is Brett character and what's permissible in the category? I'm, uh, I was just thinking while you were talking. I'm angry for you. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, judging at uh, Fobab. And uh, every previous year, I've always gotten either Sour or Brett. So um, I would love it if I got one Which of your one? beers and like, crushed it for having Brett flavor or something like that. Or there was a big controversy that, last actually year. Actually, right? the one I entered uh, is actually the one that got docked for having Brett character. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At, at Fobab? The one that I entered for Fobab oh. is the one that I got docked at GABF. For oh, Brett character. sweet. What was, the, what was the controversy last year? I remember uh, something. Yeah. There was like the whatever one. It won a medal uh, for Brett beer, Trinity. and then uh, the guy said, "Whoops, we sent you the wrong keg. It, it didn't have like Brett in it." Cells. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but um, and then he's like, "But the other one that does have Brett is this one," and I think it had a couple Bretts, but one of them was that Dree strain, yeah. which mm. was later found to not actually not be, be Brett. Brett. Thanks yeah. to Lance Shane. Yeah. Lance. <laughs> Ruining Ruin it for everybody. Yeah. Um, Lance. At Omega. Yeah. 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 Um, we should have him on the show. He's yeah. great. He's really yeah. smart. Um, so, uh, yeah. But but anyway, but last year I did Sour. I didn't do Brett. So I wasn't on that one. Sure. Dodged a bullet wow. there. <laughs> they wouldn't let you back. You know what? I think that whole controversy is. I, I think, like, and it's very similar to what you're saying. It's, it's, it's the opposite of it, though. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, if you say some, to sell, tell someone, there's Brett in this beer. They'll taste it. They'll, 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 they'll assume that, yeah, this is a great beer. Oh, you did this with Brett? That's really cool. Yeah. I like this beer. Because Brett can taste like a lot of things. Right. You know? It doesn't have a single characteristic. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you tell somebody that uh, this is just an IPA, and you don't tell them that you added a whole bunch of tropical fruit to it, and yeah, they like, taste it, and it's zest. like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, it, is it the judge's fault for not picking out that there was, oh wait, but there's that an additive in here. and not fruit flavors from the right, house. Yeah, right, yeah. and in the end, does it really matter? Probably not. Certainly not the Unless consumer. it's GABF, which it does. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
Let's, uh, Logan, I think, why don't, we, why don't we take a little bit of a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, bad service. And then uh, we're going to talk about, uh, also, we're going to final, finally finish our BCS Rare cost analysis. So I'm very excited about that. We'll reveal uh, our findings for the cost of Bourbon County Rare when we return on the Insiders Roundtable. Welcome back to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable on 105.5 WLPN Lumpin Radio Chicago. Thanks for sticking around, everybody, including my guests. Thanks for not running out. Logan, thanks for not running out, leaving me here by myself. Um, <laughs> trying to impersonate everyone's voice and have a three-way conversation. I've done it before. I've done a pretty good job. No one picked up on it, but... Um, but yeah, um, anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, so, uh, for people who've been, been listening, uh, you probably know that, that we've embarked on this, uh, fairly epic, uh, cost analysis that started from a, an email I got after we were talking about the rare day event, uh, that Goose Island is, is throwing or, or just the, the return of, of Bourbon County rare and rare day is tomorrow. So I felt a little pressure to finish it by, by then, um, and uh, yeah. So it's it's been really fun. We've we've kind of done it in three parts, and uh, in in the first part we talked about um, kind of as I've been calling it the uh, the cost of the the beer in a vacuum. You know, just just the liquid, um, the ingredients, and uh, we we counted barrels as an ingredient in in Bourbon County, um, and then the second time. Uh, around we talked about kind of uh you know how to get the beer into a bottle you know so you have to package it you have to buy custom glass you have to uh buy a warehouse you have to um pay utilities and buy caps and boxes these special you know crazy boxes which were insanely expensive was was amazing to me how expensive it was i I talked to a guy who um builds them i mean that's his job is is making uh boxes for wine is mainly what they do it and i showed him the picture of it and the guy was awesome um knew exactly what it was what stain what this and what that and uh hmm. yeah really really interesting really really cool and uh have had a lot of uh a lot of help along the way and this this last time it, it took us the longest and i apologize i apologize for for taking a few weeks uh in between these segments but uh this last one we did um labor as well as um you know just the cost of some of these these upgrades these some some hard costs like redoing the floor in the warehouse or a partial portion of the floor where they have the trench drains dug in um they've got these really badass trench drains uh too they're like stainless and they've got these like laser cut gooses like every few feet in them <laughs> it's all it's crazy you gotta be kidding me it's, yeah right that's what, that's what i'm putting in with yeah. the gooses and everything. The goose, right? The geese. Yeah. The yeah. geese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you should... I'm sure they can get you a deal. I mean, they, they've got a guy. They might have a little bit extra laying around. they, they got a use. guy, yeah. yeah. Um, like, ask if they still have that die. Yeah. You know, if you can just, like, just rent that die. Out. Just yeah. punch it, yeah. Um, we also... Uh, this go-round... Uh, you know, they... You know, they... So they, like, take tanker trucks from the brewery to the barrel house and then they've got like holding tanks so they load them into the tanks and then from there load them put them into barrels at the warehouse and then when they're um 
getting ready to package the beer, they pull down all the barrels and they um, put them into these holding tanks, essentially bright tanks, and then the tanker truck comes and uh, you know pulls it off the tank and then drives it over to the Fulton Brewery for packaging. You How know? far are they from? I didn't realize it was uh, that. A mile or so, maybe huh. two miles, something like that. Huh. It's on Sacramento. Um, just run a hose. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say. Why go? Yeah. be cheaper. Yeah. Buckets. Carry buckets. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that sort of stuff I had to guess. I was like calling like trucking com- it was ridiculous i mean uh Why, uh, so i i don't know the history of, of your obsession with this is this you trying to figure out if it's overpriced two, two or what's weeks going on there? in a row someone has said what's up with your obsession yeah, what's with going this? on there uh well started as we were at, talking about like is this overpriced what is the cost mm. of this thing and the next week someone said you know would it be possible to actually look into how much a beer costs uh-huh. and a lot of we realized actually that that nobody or very few people know from beginning to end what a beer at a, a brewery of that size or, or of, of, you know, any kind of regional or larger costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, all right, let's see if we can kind of do it. Uh, our guest last or two weeks ago or last week, uh, Nick Pankey called it a thought experiment, which I thought was a, a good way to do it. And a lot of people kind of, as soon as I mentioned it on air, uh, kind of jumped in and said, oh, I'll help, and I can do that. And um, a couple of people said, oh, I'll help you kind of amortize these costs. And another, um, some brewers reached out, and I was like, well, it seems like there's interest, so let's, let's kind of do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, it's been enlightening. It, it's cool. I mean, the, the cost of the liquid was, was pretty massive, uh, and the inefficiencies, and, and we got a lot of info about how they brew that stuff. And you should they, go back uh, and listen to some previous episodes, and you'll learn a lot right, about I'll, it. I'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the costs uh, this time around that we're adding to it um, was uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start. So the cost of the liquid uh, was uh, like a buck thirty per bottle, five hundred mil. So really, really high. Um. The utilities we uh, have estimated at about uh, twelve cents because uh, remember these are aged for two years in barrels and and all that. Uh, rent um, is uh, twenty four cents. Um, packaging eight dollars seventy two cents. Massive. Those boxes that's were a, like that's a box. huge. Yeah, the boxes on that. The boxes were eight bucks. The Shit. boxes were eight dollars. If they got them in the states, if yeah. they got them in China, they'd be more like two or three dollars. But I've since. Uh, I've got that number heard from someone at Goose that these were sourced from Kentucky. So they are from the States. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so now we've got um, labor. So we've taken into account, um, you know, brew time. Uh, we estimated, like, just for rare, you know, 45 hours of brew time. Um, we estimated, you know, a general, like, $40,000 uh, brewer's salary is what we estimated. Um, cellaring and stainless 40 hours. We were, you know, we're trying to, yeah, we're trying to, we don't want to guess low, you know. Um, uh, cellaring time, you know, two years of cellaring time. We estimated they probably have four people working in their warehouse full time now. Um, so that was a lot. I mean, that was like, you know, 40 grand right mm-hmm. there in, in cellaring time, package time, um, uh, like 450 bucks. Uh, and it, it essentially came out to labor was uh, seventy cents, and then the miscellaneous, like the floors and the the tanker truck and the um, you know trench drains and those big tanks. I mean, those tanks are, are really expensive. We guessed that they were probably like you know 
60 grand plus 20 grand for shipping and stuff like that. But when you amortize it over the course of, you know, a decade or something, that just goes away to, mm. to nothing, especially for mm. a single segment of a single release of BCS. You know, this is just BCS Rare. So all that only added um, six cents. And that's being generous. So uh, our total was uh, 11... Oh, well, I, already, I was going to ask uh, if you guys had a guess, but it was $11... <laughs> And fourteen cents, and we then are added just five percent on top extra, just for what we might have missed. Mm-hmm. So all said and done, eleven dollars seventy cents cost eight dollars of which was the box. So without the box, it was three dollars and fourteen, or three dollars and and seven. And what, what are they charging for this? Uh, three dollars. Uh, actually, three fourteen depends what you're doing. If, uh, they're charging um, sixty dollars at Rare Day tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, from the brewery, so um, ten dollars for the regular. Where, stuff, where is the million. rare day party at, at Goose? Which one? Fulton, Fulton and maybe the Barrel. Okay. The Barrel. It's at the Barrel place. I, okay. I believe. So they're, they're selling it directly. They don't have to go through a distributor for this. Sale? Yeah. No. This is direct. Okay. Direct. I didn't know if they had to do that, bringing it back to the brew house and then selling it somehow no i think it might be at the tap room i think you buy the bottles at the tap room and then can drink some stuff at the warehouse or uh, it's something like that it's definitely direct from goose okay. hmm. i don't know yeah, if it's not going thing. through lakeshore and then back and well or in, through in some states they have even if it's going to be sold on site they have to sell the distributor yeah. back not here but maybe if that's in their contract right but some i mean the majority of this stuff is going to be going through three tier but for the stuff that they're selling tomorrow, the rare. Oh, so stuff. So, some is coming out for. I would assume so. They're sale? making I, the number I heard was sure. sixty thousand bottles of rare. Ooh. I don't think they're going to be selling that, that tomorrow. Yeah, it doesn't seem that rare, does it? It's, it's, it's uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> not the same ring. If you amortize it over the course of how many times they do it, it's rare, I suppose. Uh, be my next beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so. Um, so yeah, so uh, eleven dollars and seventy, we're saying. Um, uh, but man, so what I started thinking about immediately because that's just how I just thought my mind works. I'm like, okay, if if I'm thinking about how something will work for me, I'm like, but if I could cut out this cost and that cost, then I could do it for this. And I started doing this for rare, and I'm just thinking like, man, imagine if they were now selling it because the packaging price is, is huge. Put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Or uh, why Brown don't you? Paper. Or uh, like a like an aluminum tube, maybe aluminum tube, and then sell it directly from your tap room. You or, know, or like the. I mean, what I mean, the cost. Of, imagine like the profit if you could get it like at cost. Or their original original packaging, like, or kind of like yeah. what Revolution does with a cardboard or paper. Well, all the other ones box. don't have that box. This is just rare with that wooden. Mm. You know, that's what I'm saying. Box. If you're yeah. looking to cut out cost. Well, I don't think the they box are. is the big one. Yeah, but it, yeah, for yeah. you and your right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, cut out the glass. Just put it in a keg. Yeah. And serve it, and then make. Sure, yeah. Just, no. Put the three liquid, grand like you said, per in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A Ziploc bag. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, you have to buy the zip, Ziploc. Double. But yeah. Double zipper. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so uh, so there you have it. I mean, it was quite a bit higher than what we were guessing. We were guessing it was going to be four to five bucks. Um, but that box obviously threw everything, threw everything away. Wow. Um, yeah, so eleven seventy uh, is our guesstimate. 
Um, and I've gotten word from some people uh, at Goose who work with Bourbon County that we've done a pretty good job in uh, in, in figuring out the huh. the costs. So I wanted to thank all the listeners who've uh, who've helped. And there's probably been about ten or maybe even a dozen people who have uh, contributed to this. Um, uh, thank you guys. So it's been it's been fun to kind of figure it out. And uh, I think uh, Mashton has said that they're gonna print up something about the cost and they wanted to do an infographic i just i just want to know what shape they use that's all i care about <laughs> is uh it can't be some stupid pie chart it has to be something fun um about about that i don't know if they will or not but yeah yeah maybe that um uh, <laughs> the shocker yeah the shocker yeah um for, for why i don't know why <laughs> why you said that why you just said the shocker out of just nowhere like, like why would you yeah whatever. yeah um <laughs> So infographic, <laughs> yeah. So so that's that. Um, and uh, we'll also have uh, all the numbers out there, so you guys can pick it apart. Um, like I said, this is just for fun. I mean, we're just trying to f- figure out what stuff costs, and um, yeah, it's been really really eye opening uh, hmm. into uh, what really goes into into making these beers. So um, cool. And let's see. I mean. Guys, some of you guys are going to be drinking this stuff tomorrow. Let me know if it's uh, if you dig it. I mean, is it worth the sixty dollars? You happy paying the price? I guess is the really the end result. If you're oh. like, I would pay double it, or you know Hello what, eBay. I would I wouldn't pay a buck for this. Also, beer. I haven't had it, and I'd really like to try it. Well, right, ju- you know, whatever. Exactly. If you want to bring some in. Well, that's I'll what I think it. they're saying. Like, I haven't had it, and I want to try it, and it's worth sixty bucks to try it. No, I'm saying for you, like you, you did at the start of the show. Yeah. Oh, right. This your, is your, this your, is your, your favorite beer was a uh, right. was a beer you haven't tried. Just saying. I mean, my I've favorite beer up. is rare. I haven't had it. I'd really like to, but <laughs> no, I didn't see, get a ticket. My beer so. of the week. <laughs> I would. I would play this one a little differently. I would. I would go for some guilt. I'd be like, you know, I I have opened like three or four bottles of the old rare for free at the store to taste out to anybody who wanted. So you know, it'd be cool if someone did that for me, I suppose. Do you sell, you sell goose at your store? Yeah. Well then you think they'd just drop you off a little bottle here and there, wouldn't they? You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, whatever. Goose. (laughs) They don't have Um, a bottle of spare. No, I mean, to be fair, um, uh, Andrew over at goose Island, uh, was, has been, you know, very gracious. And I, I don't want to say he gave me, you know, his blessing, but you know, he was like, Oh, that's, it's kind of cool that you guys are doing it and you're kind of being even handed and, uh, and you're doing a good job. And, uh, he says, you know, I want you guys to have a, a bottle of rare that you guys can have for the show. And, you know, so, and so they did do that where, yeah, you have to break it on like the control panel. Like you're christening a ship. Gary, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> and he thought about giving me a bottle. You know, it's funny. I, I'm not like a big, I, I'm not a well hunter Hell, I didn't even know. I didn't even hear that term until like I think Kaiser told me this term like earlier this year. I didn't even heard of it. Uh, you own a brewery and you've never, never heard about never, whales. No uh, whales. Just, that's just not the that's not the world I live in. I just don't do that. You, you don't know? live in the world. I, yeah, I don't live in the world. So <laughs> the I don't really world, anyway. like. I don't. I just don't. That's just not. I don't really collect anything except lint in my belly button. I guess. And pogs. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, I did have I had the rare a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, someone. Some friends of mine were brewing, and uh, they brought it out, and uh, I loved. It. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I mean, I it blew me away. So pretty, pretty I, you know, I, awesome. I was well impressed. I think then it was like fifty dollars, I think, or whatever. Which I thought, you know, I personally wouldn't pay that, but um, you know, it was it was fantastic. So I I can't say it's uh, 
it is not worth the price. I just, for me personally, I, I, well, I guess it's a, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's a personal thing. Yeah. What is it worth to you to have? Right. Um, if I could get a bunch of Asian hookers out of it, mm-hmm. that's a different thing. It, if you could buy a bottle for $60 and that in turn, you could lure in Asian hookers with that bottle of rare? No, just with that. They're just included the in the price. Yeah. Goose Did really you put that in your cost of goods sold, the Asian hookers in there? There's one with well, every bottle. Yeah. There's a, there's <laughs> Hence the size there's of the ancient, box. There's yeah. some ancient script on the box, <laughs> which uh, somehow indebts <laughs> sex workers to you. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a new it's a new play that Goose is going for. I don't know. I'm not into it. I don't this think this show took a turn. I don't it's, think it's, it's appropriate. But it's who am I to I say Goose shouldn't do that? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should probably move along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Thanks, that Gary. Subject. Yeah. Yep. Um, Again. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about another classic beer. Um, that is uh, another classic stout, probably the most popular stout in all the world. What would that be? What's the most popular stout in the I world? I would assume Guinness. Yeah, you're right. So I should have asked like a more geek-oriented person. And then I, I know the Now, you're talking the question. regular Guinness or the extra or just uh, well, all of them. So yeah. have you heard that they're, they're – all the news – the news is all saying that they're changing. Guinness is changing their 256-year-old recipe. Uh, yeah. To appease the vegans and the vegetarians. Oh, that's right. The Isinglass thing. Yeah, they're taking out yeah. Isinglass yeah. out of their um, uh, recipe. Um, and the funny thing is, like, the way they're... The, but the way they're marketing it as imagine is, that you know, everyone's saying, like, Guinness is changing their classic 256-year-old recipe. And that's... Maybe. I mean, it's total, it's total marketing. I mean, I love Guinness probably more than the next guy. I have a, a soft spot in my heart for that beer, but... They don't have any 256-year-old recipes, no, that, at no, least no, that they're no, still no. producing now. Not even a little bit. Guinness Draft came out in the 50s. And what know. malt producers are they using that's still making the same stuff? Sure. I think it was, was it, I, I can't remember the history, but I thought Guinness was originally a, was more of a porter at one point. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think Extra Stout was the name yeah. of their strong porter. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. their Extra Stout porter, and that just became their ah. stout. And then that's completely different. The oldest beer that they've made continuously is the Foreign Extra. And that's, mm. that is over 200 years old. It's not 250. It's like 200 and it's like almost exactly 200, I believe. Um, and that beer, I, I think, is, is pretty awesome. I I, I've never, I haven't had it since they've started selling it here in the States. Yeah, so it's, only like been around, it. yeah it's only been around in the States for maybe was, three, four years. That was one of the only, only good four, beers I could get when I was in Costa Rica. Yeah. Really? Drink that in North Coast for some reason distributed there. Whoa. Mm. That's yeah, crazy. Oddly enough. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're not using uh, ice and glass, which is uh, sturgeon bladder, fish yeah, bladder. Fish bladder. Yeah. I, I, maybe my palate's not advanced, but I can't, I wouldn't really tell a difference between ice and glass or any other. Yeah, it shouldn't uh, even, you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be in the finished beer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just know, helps beer. clarify a beer. It's yeah. not, it's it's not a flavor component. Yeah. So. Yeah, saying you're changing your recipe is just to kind of let people know that you're going to be vegan friendly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, and, and I think honestly, 
mean, it's more of a technology thing. If the, what would they use? Like whirl flock or what? What, what would they use? Now, clear whirl flock would be a yeah. kettle fining, but this right. would be. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's I like bio fine, clear. I yeah. mean, they could even. I mean, that's a that's something you just, do in after fermentation. Yeah, it's yeah. a very British thing. Uh, yeah, I guess supposedly the story scales. goes is they would use these fish bladders originally to carry beer around, and they discovered that the beer become really clear and. So they eventually managed to figure out a process. It's different types of fish bladder. I, I just saw this the other day. I was looking into it more. And um, it goes through a, some sort of process to create a, a, it's a powder. Yeah. And then there's an art to actually using it properly. It's pretty expensive, though. And I think there are better clarifiers out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would, I mean, for Guinness, I would think... You know, you could run it through a centrifuge and yeah. get out, get it pretty much where you want yeah. it, and then run it through well, a DE filter or something. Maybe they don't do that. I don't know. I don't really understand the whole point of taking out Isinglass as far as there's other animal products being used in the production and transportation of their. You think? Their beer. Yeah. At they some don't. point in the time, it was an animal. For, oh, you're talking like petroleum or something? Well, they're. Yeah, whatever like energy source they use and everything. It's not right. they're not they don't they're not horse driven carriages anymore. Right. You don't, oh, you know, that, Budweiser's really been misleading me though. Yeah, well yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought it was went, all on horseback. As soon as yeah. those Brazilian businessmen came in, they got rid of the horses and said, Nope, we're going yeah. to fossil yeah. fuel pal. <laughs> well, I think in terms of consuming it, it is now vegan friendly, is what they're saying. But the whole point in Isenglass is it doesn't stay in the beer. It it Binds yeah, to the gone. proteins mm-hmm. and and yeast and drops them out of suspension. So it's not it shouldn't be in the beer. And I feel like they are probably putting it through some sort of centrifuge to clarify it anyway. And I'm sure there's like a, a like a which would filter it out micro filter at the end to get yeah. bacteria. We're going out. way down a rabbit hole, but I think if it if <laughs> I mean you're not just a little bit more naturally <laughs> died and then we used its then we used it like you would for petroleum, then it's okay. Like I talked to a vegan one time who said technically to him. Roadkill was vegan, so he eats roadkill. No, that's sure. that's the first thing I said. Because then, on a, a vacation one time, I came across some roadkill elk a jerky. Really good looking piece of roadkill. Yeah, no, some guys like roadkill elk jerky, and I brought it back to to Chicago and was like, "Here, this is vegan elk jerky. Eat it." Did you? And, you didn't do and the you Tracy at him, and he wouldn't. You didn't do the Tracy Hurst, did you? Because because she. Punch you right in the throat. Oh, really? But it was vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy. She's punching you in the throat before? Yeah. Anyway, we're <laughs> so so Guinness is 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 changing. Huh. I mean, they're just going away from Isinglass, but I don't think it's it, the it only really matters. It's a marketing. It's yeah. just like their their other couple beers. Well, like it their could nitro be a cost IPA thing. It could their, be for many I'm reasons. Sure it is. I can't believe they still use it. That's weird. I'm surprised they use Isinglass. Yeah. A, they do a couple of things that are still pretty crazy like they still they still have a touch of of like soured like solera porter added into it as well which is like a super old-timey thing is that really i've heard different theories on uh i've heard that they they do it i mean have you ever seen the uh, simpsons episode where they take a tour of the uh guinness brewery no just just if you uh google you'll see the uh the clip it's very funny okay yeah the uh secret ingredients in it (laughs) okay uh, yeah, don't, don't. But anyway, yeah. Um, hey, at least I didn't talk about Asian hookers. I mean, I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the secret ingredient. But let's not <laughs> figure that out. Um, and that's that would not be vegan. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're it depends on how they're using them. Right. If they died naturally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. 
moving along. Thanks, Gary, for now killing two segments. <laughs> Jeez, man. Just talking about the Simpsons, man. <laughs> um, so here was something that uh, I was at a, a talk um, by uh, Beer Effects. Uh, he had me and a couple of um, uh, Eric Hobbs, who's been on the show before, uh, a gentleman, uh, Joe. I Morrison. Forget, yeah. From uh, yeah, he's my he's my you my were there. Guy. Yeah. He's your guy. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from uh, uh, distributor. Yeah, CBS. Yeah. And Joe Morrison is the craft guy at. I mean, he's the head of the craft stuff for oh, Chicago cool. Beverage. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, he was. He's he was awesome. Guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And then uh, Randy Mosher mm-hmm. uh, as well. And it was uh, not familiar with him. What does he do? Uh, I think he uh, is an author. Oh, among yeah. other things. Sounds like one of those guys just trying to get into the craft beer thing. Yeah, yeah right. Just trying to cash in Sorry, on pal. it. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um So anyway, the, uh, the the talk came around to um, somebody in the, in the audience <clears throat> asked a question about, you know, I go to bars and um, I get uneducated staff um, or I'll see this or I'll see that. That's wrong. You know, what should I do? You know, what what should I do? And and I felt the general feeling was um, that the consumer um, should kind of inform the server that, you know, you're doing it wrong, essentially, but as, as in nice a way as you mm. can. And I kind of stood up several times and was just like, I fundamentally disagree with, with that. So I wanted to... Yeah, you, and, to you and Eric Hobbs got into a debate on that. Yeah. Um, so I said, uh, you know, what should customers do about bad beer service and is part of being a beer lover helping, you know, to inform your server. Um, so I want to start there and then I've got some other questions that maybe are a little bit more specific to, um, you know, the, the industry side of it, Mm -hmm. but, but from a consumer side, I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, I mean, what was your take? I mean, you were there. I I mean, I, I, um. I've done it, but you, I mean, I, you don't, you know, you you tread lightly, and uh, you don't sit there and just correct. No one just likes to be corrected, and uh, <clears throat> there's always a lot of bad information out there. So, I I mean, I can't think of an example where I've done it. It's been rare. Well, I'm not saying how to do it. I'm saying yeah. you're there. You're getting maybe bad information pushed at you that you realize is bad, or maybe incorrect service in some way. Um, I just say, why don't you fucking Google that next time? Right. That's <laughs> they don't I know say. what you're talking about. And then they say, I don't know what Google there's, is. There's no context. Like, no context. They just come up and say, why don't you Google that next time? <laughs> Google that shit. And then they'll be like, yeah. slam your beer on the ground yeah. and walk I, out. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had people come up and, you know, like, well, this beer is a, this is like a wheat beer. And then this other one's a, and I'm like, eh. I've actually, there's, there's a, a bar that was selling my, uh, my Belgian beer is a is a wheat beer. Well, see, that's and at the a time little, it didn't have any weed in it. So, but well, anyway. Oh, so what do you? What is your? What is your? Give me an example of what you're talking well, about. Exactly. It's not your. What if it isn't a beer that's yours? That oh, yeah, you're yeah. also selling to other. Oh, I know. Else? Yeah, yeah. What if it was just you know uh, a three one two? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's in the big end of the. At the end of the day, I don't really worry about that stuff too much. I mean, you sure. can't, you can't, uh, you know, everybody, we're all wrong, you know, at least half the time mm-hmm. on everything. So I, I don't know. It's Yeah, so just don't, I mean, just blow it like I don't really, uh, it's not like it makes my blood boil when I go no, to a uh-uh. place. But I'm sure that you, 
I mean, it registers with you. Like, yeah, I've oh, seen people. I've wrong. heard him say something, and I'm saying, eh. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, you you, you know, you get in this business, and you know, there's the this thing called a whale hunter. I don't know if you know this. No, anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, people get really impassioned about this stuff. And I, I was judging a beer competition several years ago. It was the first one I ever did, homebrew competition. And I watched these two guys almost come to fisticuffs over about... Fisticuffs, you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> over, uh, I don't know, like, it was about the definition of a style. And, and, uh, it was, and, and I remember both these jack-offs brought flashlights to the competition so they could look at the beer, which, okay, it's not that, you know, not a bad way to do it, but just kind of... Sh- it's like, are you guys really... You're taking the fun out of the beer, but I don't know. I mean, there are definitely people who are like Nazis when it comes to style or or everything, and those people you can't please no matter what. So I just don't I don't worry about it a whole lot. Um, but I you, don't know. I, I don't really think it's the job of the consumer to educate staff. I, I'm that's, with, that's that was my take, and that's what I kind of said. Yeah, I've. Aside from brewing, before that, I I worked as a server and a bartender at at breweries and at restaurants, and you know, I I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be receptive to a consumer telling me that I'm doing something wrong. You know, it, I I definitely don't. Well, I I never did anything wrong. Let's right. be honest. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every shit it, doesn't stink. And all right? those people no, who kept telling you you're doing it wrong yeah. were wrong. They were all wrong. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. But uh, no, I think it's really important for. You know, if you're going to have a craft beer program of any sort in your restaurant, it's just like anything else. You need to educate your staff, and it's their it's their concern, not yours. And if they make a mistake, that's fine. It's not a big deal. It's still beer. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not like they messed up your your surgery or right. something. Um, it's you're going to be fine at the end. Now, there's a perfect example where the consumer should tell. Yeah, if you're having someone wrong. like operate on you and you see they're doing something wrong because you're yeah. awake during it, which is right there, which right there means something's gone yeah. wrong. <laughs> Shouldn't you be doing something different down there? <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that that I felt like, I, I, yeah, the consumer. I mean, is kind of who you're trying to. I will, I will make one exception. I, I did correct uh, a bartender once. I was at a bar that had my beer on tap, and they poured the wrong beer. I heard someone order it. I saw what they got. It was not my beer. I asked if I could check the line and then corrected the issue because sure. the wrong keg was tapped. Right. Well, that's com- I think that's completely yeah. different. Um, but, but So what about fellow industry? Like what if you're drinking one of their beers and you notice a flaw? Ooh. I I actually saw this happen once at a, when I right when I started brewing professionally in Michigan. They have a it was a festival out kind of by Ann Arbor and uh one of like the the legendary brewers out there who, you know, he was he was going around tasting people's beer. And he, he tried one, and he was like, mm, it's got a little diacetyl all to it. And, like, the room just got quiet. And it was, like, the record was... Yeah, right? And it was really fun to watch, but I wouldn't do that because... Because he had a DJ walking fr- behind yeah. him on the turntable. <laughs> just, like, yeah. just waiting, yeah. <laughs> Nothing planned on it, just so he could do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I, don't, I don't know. I would definitely tell somebody if there's something wrong with their beer, but not publicly. 
Sure. Yeah. Not publicly. Yeah. That, that's somebody. what was kind of weird about it because it was in front of a festival audience. Oh. And he said it fairly loud. I, I, I could hear it from a couple tables over. I had over. someone do Yikes. that for one of my home brews a long time ago. I'd let this yeast go for. I, I don't want. That's really embarrassing now. But I mean, it was a, the beer was awful. But <laughs> this guy, like, he literally, he's like, "Well, oh, you can really taste the DMS in this, like Just across the room." <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, "Oh no, you didn't." And then I literally watched him. Look, he's like, "You taste this? Yeah, it's got DMS. Taste the DMS. Yeah, you see it?" Like, and I was ready to fuck. I was gonna punch this guy and. and there's that beer that had all those him. off flavors that yeah, was, everybody oh. loved. But, but was he saying it? I mean, uh, why are we ready to kill him? I mean, oh, you did uh, have DMS in it. Well, because I mean, uh, it was just it, it was his uh, his. You person. were embarrassed by no, it was I his mean, personality. He, oh. he just it was uh, that yeah, was really just punchable a, a lot of, a lot of things that he did that were just got uh, it. Yeah, got it. He wanted to. Kind of skewer people. Just no, nah, he just made up a lot of poor judgments on pretty much everything. Okay, and I was like, dude, you don't do that, right? I mean, right. I've 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 been multiple homebrew clubs, and I've had plenty of bad beer, and I'm sure you know. And I, you know, tell if you got tell them off. It's to the not side. judging. It's it it's wasn't drinking judging. Right I would right. rather you know if it's terrible, tell me off to the side, you know. And and I and I have what back to your your question. I I have done that with. Uh, Maybe once or twice, I'm trying to be very gentle about it, and uh, it, as long as you're cool about it, it can be pretty well received. Yeah, in my uh, situation, it's it it's funny because a lot of times when I'm doing that, it will be like a brewer with the sales rep right there, and it's weird because it might not be a flaw, but it might be like, "What do you think?" Like, yeah, it's good, <laughs> it's good, it's good. And in that case, like, that's not really the time to kind of talk about it. But in other times, people have said, all right, I want to bring this beer, and I want to know what you think about it. And in that case, I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm going to tell you what well, I think about it in that case. I think people should. I, I noticed, like, back in the homebrew days, we never, no one was ever really, uh, everyone was just sort of was afraid to hurt anyone's feelings. And uh, I, I think there's, uh, I, I don't think you're doing anybody a service to do that. But, but you can't be dickish about it either. And uh, I think I was at Hops one time, and somebody had a beer, and I, I don't know why I mentioned something. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to insult them. I was just trying to, I think there might be a problem. And like everyone's coming to the person's defense, and I was like, I'm not tearing them down. I mean, we're all here to make better beer. That's the whole point. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And, you know, you're not helping me or anyone else. So if somebody tastes my beer now and they get some weird flavor i would like to know about it sure doesn't necessarily mean that flavor's there people perceive things perceive things totally differently but i'd at least like to know it if i start seeing a pattern then i might know yeah there's something there so yeah i mean it's so it's such a like you said it's it's so sticky and i'm i'm kind of taking it back to the original scenario of where you're in a bar or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, so do you tell somebody at your t- the server at your table? Do you pull them off to the side? Do you talk to their manager and say, by the way, I just want to let you know, get this person in. I mean, you don't want to get them in trouble necessarily. Is it worth it? Honestly, what I do in that scenario is unless it's there's like a flaw in the beer and I can't drink it, it's like just dirty lines or something like that, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, okay. And, and I don't really ever blame the, the server. I think, okay, this is a bar who as a server is allowing a server who doesn't know what they're you know doesn't know what's on their own taps to say this stuff what else don't they care i mean that's when my mind starts like wandering maybe to a, a bad place but i'm like i just kind of 
think, okay, well, I know there's other bars where that doesn't happen, and maybe I'll just go to those next <laughs> yeah. time. So, yeah. I mean, then again, you know, that can, you have to give people shots too. I mean, yeah. I, I don't ever, it's not like one strike and you're out as right, well. Right. So, um, I want to go to, uh, what, wait, we've taken one or two breaks. One break? One. Should we take a second break real quick? Let's take a second break, a short break, and then we'll come back with. Uh, Do you have to pee or something? Some letters. No, not yet. Okay. And then uh, we'll finish it out. So, All right. Back soon. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Nice little countdown there, getting ready. Uh, hope you guys are ready for this final segment, because it's going to be great. <laughs> um, uh, did I sell that well enough? No. <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Of, but yeah, I, exactly. I'm on the edge uh, of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm talking about letters, man. So uh, for those of you who may not know, we get letters in electronic form that are sent to us from time to time. If you guys want to talk about any of the segments that you've heard and want us to, I don't know, clarify something or just makes you expound on it or if you have um, topics that you think we should talk about, uh, send them to insiders at craftbeertemple.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been getting a lot of great um letters lately so uh we had a bunch so i had to kind of filter them out and i'll try to get to them all eventually but for for today i got a really great one from from nick over at uh journeyman and he said um he, he had a whole bunch but one of the ones that i thought was really cool was when we were talking about um just like the evolution of ipas and hoppy beers and chris you were talking a little bit off air about your kind of preference for IPAs and and like what you like to have in them and stuff and um you know they are kind of evolving it seems like they're becoming more flavor aroma hop forward less bitter uh and you know that's why you're getting some of these uh, maybe um session IPAs and maybe even hoppy pilsners and stuff like that that was like where the discussion was heading and and what uh and I had had a, a related a a conversation about how you know we were all talking about how like the malt is kind of disappearing in these beers you know they're they're really hop forward and that i had uh, been talking to a a brewer one time from a, a pretty well regarded a very well regarded brewery who's known for their hoppy stuff and he said um you know malt is the enemy is what he told me and uh, <laughs> um so 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 nick wrote he said on the the, the disappearing malt he says uh, I feel like the disappearance of malt can be attributed to several factors. One is a lack of knowledge from the consumer. People can talk about the difference between Citra and Mosaic, but how many know the difference between uh, Vienna and Munich malt? Not to mention that there aren't really any sexy malts out there like there are with hops, and this can probably be attributed to it being difficult, if not impossible, or at least, at least impractical, to you know single malt a beer all the time. I mean, people, people do it. They make those smash beers. Um, I've also noticed that, uh, a lot of new trendy hops seem to be losing flavor even quicker, uh, than some of the old standby. So I wonder if brewers are purposely, purposefully using less malt because with so much competition, they know that 
their beers are going to sit on shelves, and what was once a hop-forward beer will quickly lose its hop flavor and turn into an unbalanced, overly, overly sweet malt bomb. That's, a, that's the, uh, the term that I hear a lot of beer drinkers say, oh, man, it's total malt bomb. But, man, that's, that's pretty much all pale malt. But Man. Um, so I thought that was interesting, though. I'd never thought of it that way. Like, does the pulling back on the malt just uh, make the hops kind of go, you know, come to the forefront if, more? Often? If you're really worried about the hops falling out, then why would you spend so much money putting them into the beer? If that's your, your concern, you should really be expecting it to sell. I mean, IPAs and pales sell far faster than any other style you can ask any bar you know they're going to say that their top seller by a long shot is going to be an ipa so why would why would you even consider the fact well, that the hops will fall out and the malt's going to stay well okay so so to me uh I, what i took from it is is less like it's sitting on a shelf but more you know even fresh are the hops going to jump out more if there isn't any malt competing with it I, I I could talk about this all day. Uh, please do because I think this drives I think, me fucking crazy. I think he's partially it does. right. I think he's right, and I think that is why uh, people don't want malt in their beer. Because I'll say, oh, it's got a little amber. It's got a little. And they're like, oh no 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 no, I don't want that in my hoppy beers. Uh, <clears throat> I, w- I hope Aaron's listening. He's in <laughs> he's in New Orleans. We talk about this every day. Okay. Uh, my biggest. Everyone's got their peeve or whatever in the industry. Mine, which has been my peeve for months and months and months, is what I what, what we call dirty hop water. And I am so sick of dirty hop water. I, I, there is what is dirty hop water? Beer that is just overly bittered nightmare. And and even with plenty of hop flavor and aroma, it doesn't have the middle. And that's what we are. <clears throat> we haven't accomplished it yet. But uh, Garrett Oliver, who I don't agree with everything he says or does, but uh, I watched a, a, a talk he did, and oh yeah, he's kind of has some uh, yeah. Few but but he was talking about how beer needs to have a beginning and a middle and the end, and, and we talk about it all the time, Aaron and I at, at Alarmist about these beers, and that's what we're striving for. We're not there yet with everything, but that's what we're trying to do. And there are some very well known, very high-selling beers from local and outside uh, coming from, say, California, and they are just, I can't drink them. I think they're just shit. I mean, they're just overly hot. We just call it dirty hot water. And Is there a certain style or? IPAs. Just general uh, and, IPAs. And, you know, at this ales. point, what, what was a, an IPA five years ago is, is now a session IPA, and we could talk about that all day. But what drives me crazy is, you have to do the malt. The malt. You, if without the malt, you do not have the beer. And we, you know, we have our entrenched IPA, which is about to come out in bottles, I might add. <laughs> and we are still not happy with that beer. And we keep working on it. And we spend way more time worried about the malt than we do the hops. Any, you know, I've had people. I've given tours. People come by, and you know, people. Say, oh, I love hoppy beers. And I always say to them, I could hire a monkey. I don't know if you hire a monkey because they don't really, you know what I mean. I could buy a monkey and I could put him in a cage. And when it comes time to add hops, I can push a button and the trained monkey, mind you, he's trained. I could hire a monkey comes out, comes out, bring his trained with a bucket and dumps the hops in. I mean, that's it. All you have to do is dump hops in the damn thing, right? (laughs) And, And figuring out that ratio and what type, that's where the artistry is in that. But 
you know what? I, it drives me crazy. We, we, we have this thing about we like Citra beers and Mosaic beers. Yeah, they're great. They're trendy. But where's the artistry in that? You mm-hmm. know, it, it, where a, a beer has to have that beginning, the middle, and the end. And I've had so many of these beers that it's just hop. Even if it's not overly bittered, which most beers to me are, it just seems like no one understands balance. It drives me absolutely fucking apeshit. The first batch of Entrenched we did, I thought was way too bitter. And I had someone post on our Facebook page, the more bitter, the better. I'm like, that's not true. That is absolutely <laughs> not true at all. And, and that's pretty sad that people feel that way because there's, they're really missing out. You know, the, the key to well, Pliny the Elder, true. the key to Pliny the Elder was that, you know, he backed that up with, he, he changed the way it was done. It's very dry and everything, but, you know, he built that malt bill up. Pliny did, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Pliny himself. Yeah. Or Vinny Trelurzo, whichever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's... Well, you're saying he. Yeah, yeah. well, I meant Vinny. <laughs> the beauty uh, of Pliny the Elder is that he... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So, anyway, I just, it just, uh, it, it's a huge, it's pe- a huge peeve of mine. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you said that, that I wanted to comment on, but one thing that it reminded me of was uh, a time that I was at um, uh, Siebel taking a, a course there and they were talking about bitterness and they added um, a little bit of uh, hop extract to uh, a Budweiser mm-hmm. which I think like Budweiser was like 10 or 15 IBU and they brought it up to like maybe <laughs> 30 IBU oh my god <laughs> or like 25 yeah it wasn't high by I mean it's still like zombie dust is like 60 or something like that you it's know? a ratio right it was unpalatably bitter yeah it was undrinkable and it wasn't in a good way no one was like oh man i like this more everyone was like whoa and it was it was funny that you you do need balance and and not more bitter the better i mean imagining a hundred ibu budweiser would just be absolute it would be you couldn't you'd like want to get the taste out of your it mouth would be, as make soon for as a great youtube video is about yeah right like <laughs> well, the cinnamon actually, uh, any, yeah. I, I think any brewer uh Anyone who th- or anyone who thinks they love bitter beers taste actually takes taste some hop uh, extract. The, no, the, the syrup. you can't do that. I've done. It. I put it in my mouth. And I have too. I by it accident. The nastiest that will that will set your palate straight on what what's <laughs> wrong with that that idea of more bitter. You know, Ray Daniels came up. But with that's the, like putting a handful of salt in your mouth and being like, "See, salty beer is not good." Yeah, but it gives <laughs> you an idea. Salty yeah, but it gives you an idea of of what you know. Yeah, that gives you an idea. What? Yeah, it's just yeah. like when you do taste panel stuff; they they overdo these things so you can taste things better. Yeah. But but anyway, Ray Daniels came up with the idea of the bitterness to gravity ratio thing. I think he did it in his yeah theory, OG right? to yeah whatever. Yeah. It is. And it's not BU a, to GU. Yeah, and it's not a you know it's not that in itself does not salt you know doesn't tell you exactly what could you go into a little bit what that is well it's just it's just basically the ratio of how much malt you have versus bitterness so how much your gravity how much sugar is going to be in that beer and get fermented and why why does that matter well like if you just did a per example you got budweiser right and you make that 30 ibus that's that's totally out of balance but you take a bitterness and the sweetness or or a double any double ipa and you can get 80 ibus easily but it's but it's counteracted with the body and the flavor and the malt that's in that beer. And that's, that's, we're finding, I, I think brewing a good IPA is really difficult. And there's a lot of people who, there's IPAs that people think are really good and they're charging a lot. Certain ones I've seen in this market, they're charging a lot of money. And I'm like, really? It's like, this is not, I, this is not, I just don't consider this to be a good beer. But the, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. me. And, and we're really working hard trying to figure out how to get that balance into our beers. And I think probably the, 
the lo- the best local brewery that has that, I think, is Revolution. I think they've got that nailed. You know, like with their IPA, and I had their Mosaic Hero, mm-hmm. which you know I'm I'm not a big you know Mosaic Citro hop beer fan. Just with those hops, that beer is spectacular, and it had everything that you want. It's got the sweetness and the maltiness that backs up. Yeah, it has to be. It's a it's a pyramid, and you have to build that pyramid to to create at least I think for any beer, but especially you know an IPA like that where you're really trying to shine those hops, but there has to be something behind there. Beginning, and middle, end. Any, it's just, yeah, it drives me crazy. So I think, I think another thing that you can build off with hops instead of malt is the yeast. I think, yeah, yeah if, mm-hmm. you, if you have a yeast that is, you know, non-existent flavor-wise, mm-hmm. like Budweiser is, and uh, or even most, like some of these California, yeah, like most, our, yeah. Yeah, most yeah, IPAs, yeah. But, California ale yeast, whatever. But if you yep. try, if you try a beer from, you know, the East Coast that uses a more expressive yeast, normally it's a derivative of an English strain yep. that has a lot of flavor mm-hmm. and that can even provide mouthfeel and more than, uh, you know, you know what the Chico, if mm-hmm. yeah. the beer people, Pac-Man, yeah, Chico, yeah. yeah those. something like a West Coast strain. You can get more out of, you know, regular malt. You don't need yep. a lot of malt body for that yeast to produce what you would perceive as, you know, mouthfeel mm-hmm. and something a bit more than just hops. Now, how does yeast provide mouthfeel? <clears throat> Getting a little technical here. Uh, it, it depends on the amount of glycerol. Well, as, as far as mouthfeel, yeah, it can either be glycerol. Which is kind of like what uh, oats would Oatmeal leave in a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeast can can produce yeah, like dextrins for right? the like a saison right. yeast will ferment very low, but it will produce glycerols that will mm. give the beer a little bit of body, even though the beer may be completely dry. It could okay. be zero. So they're taking some sort of starches or something or some sort of carbohydrates or sugars and converting and somehow making yeah glycerols from that yeah. interesting cool well they add you know we use an english l yeast <clears throat> um firestone walker yeah. uh um three floyds revolution uh, a lot of breweries use an english L-E. but then again you know russian river uses you know chico a, a lot that use chico but, but you they can, have to uh, build it up elsewhere yeah, That's why yeah they have to right. use a malt exactly. a bigger malt body exactly than... but i think the i think english l yeast I, I i think those are i mean that's my favorite overall house yeast to use for yeah. just like general any kind of ale because you have a lot of options with it. And one of those is you get that flavor. They don't attenuate as much normally. Um, so you get, it, it just, it just gives you a different body. Yeah. And, and, and if you control the temperature differently, uh, you can get a really like an estuary more flavor as you increase the temperature, yeah. which can be overdone of course, mm-hmm. like everything else. Well, uh, I have to say thank you, uh, um, Nick for, Getting the, the conversation going. Um, I also got, um, well, Nick also mentioned this as well as uh, I got another letter from Ethan. Uh, we were talking last week about, you know, beer styles and how certain styles are rated so highly as compared to others. You know, you're never going to get a 99-point Pilsner, you know, unless maybe it's brewed by Hill Farmstead or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, but the second best Pilsner in the world is, you know, an 87, mm-hmm. you know, where the 177th best double IPA in the world is, you know, a 97. Are you, are you talking think, beer advocate and rate beer? Yeah, yeah. So I, we're saying it would be fun to kind of like somehow normalize all the styles on so they are all on the same curve. 
and kind of rescore them. So um, a couple people uh, uh, wrote about that, Nick and also Ethan, and they talked about this site, Beer Graphs. Um, it says it, it factors in a whole bunch of stuff, including hmm. this. Uh, it gives its final bar, beers above replacement, based on its style. Um, it's, it says it's it's fairly dominated by the typical styles, but it's it's the most objective rating out there right now. So beer graphs, uh, huh. you should guys should go out there and take a look. I haven't yet, but I, haven't I, heard I want it. to. Yeah, me either. Uh, and then there was another guy who, um, um, I guess, Joe had had. Uh, written in and said that if we could get the data, you know, if we can get the the raw data from Rapier or Beer Advocate, he's like, I'll normalize it. You know, I can do it. So I don't know if we can get the pretty easy. Yeah, just go click on every style. They'll do a top 100 of every style, and you can just take all those data points. And the problem is that they they're rated just kind of as is. There's no waiting for the amount of of reviews they have. So. I just want a database dump. I don't want to have to do that. I just want to go. And yeah, I don't know if they let you do that, but what you would do is get, find yourself a little coder who, you know, this, is the, stuff, the, this is the stuff I used to do. And you would go in there and go through the markup and yeah. have it pull out, parse through the stuff and into, you know, Excel spreadsheet, whatever. And uh, you could have all that pretty easily. So there's someone out there who but says. I'm not going to do it. Right. I can do that. Uh, right in, and maybe we will come up with a, a quick kind of normalized. Oh yeah, it'd be really easy to do. Yeah, so let's do it. So that'll be my my new obsession, as it's it's called when I try to yeah. do fun things that people suggest I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks to uh, Nick, Ethan, and Joe for for writing in about that, and for anyone else who wants to talk about. Um, you know, maybe some of the offensive things that, that Gary said today or anything. Uh, insiders Jesus, how much time do we have? craftbeertemple.com. Um, and it's always very much appreciated. Um, we were going to talk about some Not Your Father's Root Beer stuff, but that's going to have to wait until, oh, God. I think, next time. Yeah, the new IRI data came out, and it is killing it. And that was also a, a, a letter. I think Zima used to kill it, too, at one point. Yeah, yeah so. but I mean, like, uh, outselling, like, ASIPA, killing it. <laughs> like, killing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've only got, like, you know, what, 13, 13 more minutes for the show. So I think it, it's it's probably about time for, for plugs, right? I mean, I think we should probably oh. get into that and start talking about things that we're... We want to. We want to plug. Is there anything? I mean, you're first because you're you're on my left. I mean, I could yeah. go first if you want. I, I mean, I, ha- I guess I have something to to plug. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about? I mean, it doesn't have to be your own thing. It can be anything. No, that it's you're my thing. About. Rare days tomorrow. Plug it. Yeah. If you haven't heard uh, this small outfit, uh, Goose Island, they're putting out a beer that's it's quite limited. Only sixty thousand, I believe, sixty thousand bottles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's more than I've made in the last two years. So. <laughs> <laughs> So very rare. Uh, no, I have a, an event on Black Friday, the 27th. Uh, Are you going to plug at a Walmart? Store? <laughs> yes, I am. I am. Yeah, um, go for it. <laughs> it is, uh, we're, we're doing a, a collaborative beer release in Glen Ellen at the Beer Cellar. It is an uh, imperial coconut cinnamon stout called Neckbeard Nectar. It's a great name. (laughs) The labels look awesome. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, if if you want to come out, it starts at 9. 
but you can line up the night before because that's something you should do when you have a day off with your family. Thanksgiving. Not a yeah. bad idea. Give thanks for <laughs> Gary, the day off. Like so people I who can. want to get away from their yeah. family after a long day. Yeah, like right after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving ends, which is like 7.30 sharp. You uh, come yeah. right out and you bring a tent or yeah, there just you go. a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I was at um, the first uh, Christmas I ever spent away from uh, my family. It was before we had kids. It was, it was my wife and I. Um, we... Uh, Went on Christmas Eve, went around to a whole bunch of bars, and we went to um, Butch McGuire's here in Chicago, which on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, or on, on, on um, holidays, rather, this was Christmas Eve, is the best place, the best bar in the city. It's amazing. I love that bar. It is not what it is like on, on other I've days. I've never heard anyone say that. Oh, no. it's it's the best Why? on holidays. Yeah, what does Because it is, is it? such a, a wonderful, like, experience just this like melting pot of people and it's very family friendly and it's very festive and and fun Mm. it's not like the depressing thing where you're like away from family and i just met this like 95 year old ex-merchant marine and all these other people it was it was awesome i love it i highly recommend it I brought Nick Panky. <laughs> I highly recommend uh, there spending before. a holiday away from your family at Butch McGuire's. <laughs> oh, any any holiday, <laughs> any holiday you want to spend away from your family. Christmas Day is is a great time to go yeah. too. Um, <laughs> but, anyway, but then I went I went somewhere else, and because uh, we were doing the tour, we went to Delilah's, and then we were like the only ones there, and they were playing some Santa Claus slasher movie, and it was super dark, and it was kind of cool. And then we went somewhere else, and we had a great time. But we were at one place, and there was this. He looked kind of like a professor. He had like a tweed jacket with like the le- leather elbow patches and stuff, and these like tortoiseshell glasses, and uh, this like you know silver hair. And he's reading a paper and stuff. And we were talking to him for a little bit, and um, then he's like, you know, folds up his paper after like a beer or two. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. He's like, my entire family's having Christmas night at my house. He's like, they're all I just, sitting in the car. He's like, no, he's like, they're at the house. I needed. To get away from it, I needed a break from my family, and now I'm going to go back. And I, I was like, okay, well, I have a good one. <laughs> so I, I thought that was kind of That's funny. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if he could, he probably would have lined up at the beer cellar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think, so. think I have ever uh, been out. I've always heard Christmas uh, Eve or you know Christmas Day or Christmas evening. Whatever. Which one? It's, it's Christmas evening. Christmas evening is a really good time to be out and about in Chicago bars, and I've never had that opportunity. It's uh, one of the ever. best Chicago bar experiences yeah. I've ever had. Bar uh, experiences is Christmas Eve out and, and go to some of the inst- some of the institutions like just won't have it going on. Like they'll be open maybe. Mm-hmm. Butch McGuire's. It's where it's at. It's awesome. Okay. It's friendly, festive. People oh. are there and happy. And it's, you're gonna ruin it's the whole thing. It's gonna be you know you mention it and yeah. now it's just gonna be packed. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it like on my cool fun people. I'm gonna put it on my auxiliary not. bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hmm. Um, and I, I'll probably be there. Well, no, it's kid friendly. I mean, Christmas Day is kid friendly. I don't know about Christmas Eve night, but um, <laughs> spending <laughs> Christmas Day with the kids. I brought my kids there last year with my dad <laughs> and my friends for a little <laughs> so bit. We guys open there. presents. Well, they've got all sorts of, like, you guys haven't been. You don't know what's up. Anyway, the <laughs> place is great. Um, you know, bars didn't used to be a place just of, like, you know, these dens of iniquity or whatever they're called. You know, it used to be, like, a social hub. And I wanted to get back to that. 
Mm. So my, I make my kids go up and order shots for me and bring them back. And if they want to taste I, a little bit yeah. on the way back, then that's fine. I like the den of iniquity. Thank you. Right. <laughs> mm. I like them both. Yeah. I like them both. Um, how about Good you, Barry? What do you want to What do you want to plug away at? Oh boy! Oh, really? I hear you guys have an IPA coming up. The fact that we're doing when's that going to drop? <laughs> well, we already have it out on, on on everything's in keg already. But we're how much citrus getting, is in shh, there? Don't let them know what's sitting that? around. How much citrus do you have in it? There is not one single drop. Actually, it's very funny. The very first batch of entrenched we made, Aaron dropped in one pellet of citra. <laughs> just to do it and uh it was very funny he even wrote it down That's on the recipe why it was too bitter yeah but uh uh we we're gonna but now you can bottle. say and citra we're gonna bottle uh entrench we're almost done with the artwork it's it's pretty cool we got some pretty cool stuff we're doing with it and uh and uh we're working on this goddamn tap room and that's sort of where we are uh we've got our uh our new oatmeal stout called impulsion and that just got shipped out to distributors last week, early this week as well. So uh, we're pretty happy with it. As far as any beer we've made, like the first batch, it's the happiest we've been with the first batch of a beer, which is saying something. So uh, we got a few you tweaks you, you we'll do. usually screw up a whole bunch. Yeah, well, the first <laughs> batch I ever did went down the drain. But, uh, yeah. You but, know what, um, though? Something to be said for doing that. For actually dumping it down the drain rather oh, than dumping it down it. people's throats. We actually dumped a. I haven't. I never. I post a lot of stuff on Facebook. We actually dumped a batch of entrenched about a month ago because we were having some problems. And I'm like, nope, not not good. And you know, what? I'll be honest. <laughs> there, there are worse beers on the market than what that was tasting like. <laughs> right. But I'm like, no way. We're not doing it. So cool. Yeah. So you got new beers coming out and yeah, 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 yep. So lots of stuff some going point. on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will also, I mean, the first and foremost, I, I want to give my plug to, um, Lumpen Radio, you know, without Lumpen Radio, there would, wouldn't be any of this, uh, for those of you who haven't yet donated to the, uh, pan drive, um, for those of you who don't know, they are trying to, uh, line their studio wall with an extra layer of protection in the form of frying pans. Um, to uh, stop, you know, bullets and stuff that might become come shooting at them. Um, uh, I'm assuming uh, everyone out there has already donated their pan. Um, the drop-off stations are at Maria's and the Beer Temple and Penrose Brewing. Wait a minute, are you serious? It's actual. Wait, what now? Pans? Pan frying pans? You never heard of a pan pan drive? What are you? Are you Thanksgiving a pan a, or what pan? are you doing with the pans? P A N. They're going to put them on the wall so when people shoot at the, at the building, the pans will stop it. On the wall, like on the inside can drive, or the outside? But with a am I missing? What, am, what the on hell the outside? are you talking about? I, mean, I don't know. Where's it going? I mean, it's going to go right, I think, right on the other side of this little wall right here. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so, so we have a does box. Does it have to be at, cast iron or can it just be anything? No, it could be anything. Because I don't anything. know how bulletproof. Not aluminum. Okay. Not aluminum. Okay. A so bullet apparently, can't. I am that. absolutely right. confused by what's happening yeah. right now. So they don't want. The people sitting in here to be killed by gunfire, so they want to put a, a wall of that's pans. That's very thoughtful of them. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, that's bulletproof glass. Yeah, right. So you just have to. S- Are you sit fucking in that with window? Me? No, like we're not. I'm not. Oh no, we're not messing with you. It's is a, you fucking with it's me? a. It's a. It's a. It's it, there is a, an what element of one? art and the statement to it. The fact that they have to do this, but yeah, is that window bullet? I thought they were messing with, me, but then Logan, after one of the shows, showed me a handful of shells and bullets. He's like, "Yeah, this was like shot into the into the place. This is not a good neighborhood, apparently." 
Shot into what? What do you mean shot into, into this, here? Into the, yeah, into here. What the hell? So anyway. You don't mention that when you invite people to the podcast, do you? Don't step onto my plug time, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Only cast so iron we, then, yes. We risk, we risk life and limb to give you this show. And it's not just us. There's other shows on here as well with other passionate people talking about other things that they are passionate about. About, I heard that there's a very impassioned like not pro shot. wrestling show, right? What's the, what's the name of that show? Chicago Wrestling Rebellion. Chicago Wrestling Rebellion. Are they worried about being shot? Uh, probably. I mean, presumably. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, but the other thing, if you <laughs> if you like the show, um, uh, a, a great way to, to talk about it is, uh, or to 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 help us out, I should say, is by talking about it and just. Spread it, spread word of mouth. And, you know, I like to take digital letters. I like digital word of mouth as well. You know, social media or just, I mean, tell a friend if you think that they would find this uh, show to be uh, interesting. If you want to go onto iTunes and leave a, uh, a rating or uh, a review, that helps uh, quite a bit as well. And we've got a lot of really great ones. So thank you to everyone who has left ratings and reviews. Um, uh, Sorry about dropping the ratings this week. <laughs> I just want to apologize in advance. It's, it's okay. They were getting too high. You know? <laughs> Got to so keep we, it in check. Yes. Sorry about that. So we wanted to just bring... There's a yin and a yang. We didn't want our head... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we're like, you know what? Let's bring Gary back. <laughs> yep. And yes, uh, get things back those, we'll in knock order. Knock those ratings down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So uh, thanks to everyone who's uh, just been contributing to the show through their uh emails and comments and stuff like that and uh yeah so just i don't know help out the show however you can if that's by talking to somebody about it um then uh then fine oh we got a we got a non five star review should we try to find it let's see the sorry the i was most mad critical hunting them down yeah um oh <laughs> m kaiser yeah no, it, it mentions him. <laughs> That's why they don't like it. Okay, anyway, I won't read this. <laughs> really? Yeah, for real. A uh, non-polarizing okay. figure that like didn't, Michael Kaiser? That didn't, that didn't work out so well. Um, uh, so, anyway, thank you uh, for everyone who leaves a comment about the show. One star, two stars, three, or five. And the upcoming six star that I hear they're going to unveil mm. soon because of this show. Yeah, they said people are saying five stars isn't enough. It's true. Yeah, is that like a spinal tap sort of going to six? This one, yeah, this one, this this rating goes to six. (laughs) All right then. Um, Thank you guys so much. Thanks to Gary Gully of Alarmist Brewing and Chris Betts of Transient Artisan Ales. Did you have to Uh, take that off my shirt? It was a no. I was just (laughs) forgetting. I mean, yeah, from Rancid Tison. I would have said in that case, but. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun, and thanks, everyone out there, for listening. Uh, the The radio station's coming soon, right? The tower's coming, so we're, we're heading to the airwaves very, very soon. The lease is in, in the works. Well, so. that uh, what's the, the, the uh, power of that? Is it going to reach up, say, to us Northsiders, or how much? How much uh, anyone? Know. Anyone? We'll see. we'll see. I don't know. I Jesus, mean, people, we're in the... You know what? It doesn't matter. It reaches everywhere on lumpenradio.com. And we're also, oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we got to go. We're over time. So we got to go. Oh, I'm getting. Right. See you guys. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Remember, this is what we wanted. Remember, this is what we said. To never be heard, seen, again, 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 again. Remember, this is what we wanted. Remember, this is what we said. To never be heard, seen, again, 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 again. Remember, this is what we wanted. Remember, this is what we said.